Hello, welcome back to Out on That Line podcast. We are going to be recapping the 2024 Grammy Awards. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex, as always. Alex, how you doing this week? Let me talk to you. Jeff, it's wonderful to be back after a long extended absence. Tanner admirably held down the fort. We got some reaction videos out. But it's so good to be back in the saddle. And for a very special hidden track episode... We're going to go through it all. There's even more than the Grammys to talk about. We have all kinds of stuff, but first I got to know. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, we did take a bit of a hiatus. That's on me. Uh, was out looking for the Holy Grail. Couldn't find it. Um, that really only took me a week, though, so I could have come back sooner. Figured I needed to buy a lot of lottery tickets. I ended up winning a bunch. Uh, went down to the Eagle Pass Casino down in South Texas. Checked out the border situation. Um, then hit the blackjack table, uh, lost it all. So, you know, kind of back to square one here. So we need to keep doing the podcast. Um, turns out I'm not rich yet. Um, so we're going to keep plugging along here. Uh, but other than that, we're fantastic. Well, you know, speaking of plugs, Jeff, we might as well get this whole business out of the way right off the top. I'm going to keep it brief, folks. I'm going to keep it focused. I'm going to keep it right to the point. You have, you have you have to be subscribed to the channel. You have to do it. You have to like the videos. You have to turn the notifications on. You have to leave a comment. I'm not asking anymore. I am no, Bernie Sanders, I am no longer asking. <laughs> you got to do it. it. It's a mandate. It's a mitzvah. You have to do it. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. It doesn't get much easier than that, folks. We have all kinds of great content, but you already know that because you're already here. So why don't you make it official? Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? Because if you want the cow to keep putting out, <laughs> you can work those teats until they're chapped and raw and the other cows come home. But let me tell you something. Let me talk to you. You're not going to get what you want unless you commit at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. That was it beautifully done. Um, I don't know if it could have been more uh, acutely described um, with how important it is for people to, to hit that subscribe button. Um, so, you know, I forgot. I mentioned we're going to do the Grammys. We're going to do the Grammys. But there's also been something going on with a couple of artists that we've covered quite a bit on this podcast. Um, one Megan the Stallion and one Nicki Minaj. Have you seen anything about this beef? The I know you've done one of the one of the songs that's kind of helped stir the pot here. But other than Hiss by Megan the Stallion, did, have you seen anything about this? No, that was the opening salvo in the Battle of the Butts for me. Um, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I was just like, oh my, it was like a generic hatred, not generic in quality, but I was like, no, this is pretty like ambiguous. I think she just kind of wants us all to go fuck ourselves. Uh, and then someone went into the comments on that video and was like, there's a whole lore behind all the references in this, my friend, allow me to tell you about Bigfoot, I think is the name of the song, right? <laughs> yeah. It's Nicki Minaj's it so like bad. diss track. <laughs> Yeah, it was so bad. I mean, because Hiss, so you did the reaction video to Hiss. So Hiss was great. Folks, go back and go back and check that out. You'll get some context here. So if you remember when we did Pink Friday 2, I forget which which song it was, but I think it was multiple times. 
Um, but Nicki Minaj was saying things along the lines of, you know, you need to stay in your Tory Lane. You know, Tory Lane's being the one that shot Megan the Stallion in the foot. And then Megan the Stallion comes out with Hiss. You did the reaction video to that. And that never directly like said Nicki Minaj's name, but it was very clear, you know, who she was talking about once you kind of looked into the back and forth here. Um, so she said something like, Y'all worried about Megan, you need to worry about Megan's law, which is, you know, specifically applying to pedophiles, which Nicki Minaj's husband and brother both uh belong to that label. Um, so it's not a problem that anybody's pointing that out. It's like they, they did that. You know what I mean? Um, but Nicki Minaj then comes back with the, the single Bigfoot and this is completely like underproduced. I mean, it was, it was horrible. we got to get this one out quick. Yeah. The references were bad. Um, I'm pretty sure Nicki Minaj allegedly, um, is skiing a lot if you know what I'm saying. Mm. So I think that's got things a little jumbled upstairs. Um, and the the rhymes weren't good you know nothing was like really that scandalous you know or clever you know she just was basically trying to hit as below the belt as she could um and it was just it sounded like the recording quality of like us recording this podcast you know so this the beat somebody said it sounded like a like a fighting game on the nes like kind of beat <laughs> you know so you know it's it like just good. some like kind of slightly intense like beep boop kind of music um and the rhymes like i said were not good um and megan the stallion just looks clean as a whistle in this whole thing because her song was good you know and it's just i think it's a long line of like Nicki minaj is just a hater when it comes to women that are coming up behind her that are you know as talented or better than her and she just can't stand that that's going to be the case yeah see for a fleeting but beautiful time, Nicki Minaj was the apple of my eye. Around the time Roman Reloaded came out, I'm like, this is not, like, hardcore. It's very girly, it's very fluffy, but she's got this great sense of humor, so I'm into this. Which is kind of like the gateway drug to Doja Cat for me. And Megan Thee Stallion, though playful, has always had, like, more of a seriousness to her. Um... But yeah, Nicki Minaj just went off the rail. I don't know what she's talking about half the time. I don't like the company she keeps. The quality of the product fell off hard. And Megan Thee Stallion, I remember I was not like overly into Traumazine, but she's pretty fucking consistent. Mm -hmm. And they could not be more different. You have this like highly educated, interesting horror movie fan kind of like, I don't want to necessarily say cutting edge, but she did kind of bring something new to it. Yeah, they're all doing the shape-shifting butt gimmick in the videos. (laughs) But why wouldn't you? If I had an ass like that, you don't even want to know what I'd be doing to it. And with it. (laughs) Just saying. Not enough mineral oil in the tri-state area. But I digress. (laughs) Megan the Stallion... I think, like, has staying power to me. Like, something like Ice Spice is going to fall off quick. Someone in the comments of my Ice Spice reaction said, this is just more music for people who shoplift at garage sales. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to kiss that person on the mouth. Our our commenters are usually very good. You know, a lot of them we get on the Australia videos, you know, of the, you know, John Farnham and, and the like. Um, you know, they're just giving us some references, which are cool. You know, they're telling us other live versions of those songs to check out, you know, 
that they did a cover of this or that. Um, and it's led us down some really cool paths. But when we do the more modern songs, like I did the Lil Nas X one, you did the Megan Thee Stallion Hiss one, you did the Ice Spice, and people put comments like that on those videos, and it's always hysterical. Like, the internet remains undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Like, all the Australian boomers are, like, so positive and supportive. They're like, go on, mate. You're doing a great job with these fancy videos. <laughs> And we appreciate that because they definitely don't listen to these. But the people who do listen to these and do watch the reaction videos that are around our age and younger, they really bring the thunder. And it's great to watch worlds collide. Like the very angry audience on my Walker Hayes video. I'd love to see them <laughs> clash with the people that are like into Megan the Stallion and have some kind of point of view and something to say. That'd be very <laughs> funny to me. But I digress. Well, it'll be interesting to kind of see where this goes because i don't know if megan the stallion even needs to come out with a response to this or if she's just going to wait till her next album um because Nicki minaj has made herself look terrible and ha is holding firmly onto that l as they say right now if, Me if megan the stallion is smart and we know her to be smart she's not going to come up with something specifically to go after Nicki minaj because hiss had those references and we there's an album coming there's got to be we had cobra now we got hiss she's coming up with something so focus on that put out the shit that's actually from it don't rush off to the dreamatorium and come up with a, yeah. a clapback we just can't just stay the course and do you and if yes. the beat live, you know, little Duke made it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think Duke. I think I think Megan Thee Stallion's next album is going to have a lot to say about Nicki Minaj, you know, because it's one thing about like rap songs is right up until the thing is like published and put out there. They she could just record a new verse, you know, like that's it's very conducive to do that sort of thing. So hopefully she comes out with something good. I know the album would be good um, and hopefully we we just get the final nail in the coffin for Nicki Minaj because she's been putting doing this stuff and we've been putting up with it for too damn long. Speaking of nails and coffins, Toby Keith died this oh, week. No. <laughs> oh, no. I was wondering how we were going to segue to that. I would have never. Jeff. I, that's not what I would have chosen. I said, Jeff, <laughs> I ain't as good as I was once. Yeah, no, the man himself. Yeah, he did. 62 years old. Um, you know, and we're going to leave the politics out of it for Toby Keith because there's certainly a lot to say there. Um, but he's got a few songs. I will specifically say Beer for My Horses, Good As I Once Was, um, How Do You Like Me Now, Whiskey Girl was also good, um, Should Have Been a Cowboy, an all-time classic country song. So, you know, Toby Keith for whatever else he might have been, knew how to write a country hit. And those songs, like, good as I once was, there is no song like that one. When that's appropriate to play and listen to, it's the best one for that situation. There is nothing better. Well, and I, you were kind of, we were talking before and you were telling me about the music video for it. And it was, like, very self-deprecating. Like, he goes to join the fight and he gets his ass kicked and all that stuff. I like that. That's great. And I was also saying to you that, like, courtesy of the red white and blue as a satire would be like one of the funniest most charming songs ever because it's so over the top my dad has served in the army and the eagle will fly 
just like <laughs> so over the top with like, if I see Saddam Hussein, I'm going to stick my hand up his ass and work him like a puppet for liberty. Like that song is so over the top that if it was done satirically, it would be the best song ever as it stands. You know, we said we'd leave politics out of it, but it is a uh, political reaction to things that happened at yes. the time. Hey, if you're going to get mad at Toby Keith, get mad at Hillary Clinton. She voted for the war. <laughs> yeah. We said we weren't going to get political. So, yeah, and, and I think she had co-writing credit on that song. So, yeah, if you're going to get mad at anybody, it's it's her. And I said uh, Hillary. <laughs> but Should Have Been a Cowboy, I mean, is an all-time classic country song. How's that go? Um, the... Well, I should have been a cowboy. Should have learned a rope and ride. But just talking about old westerns and you know, go west, young man. Haven't you been told California is full of whiskey, women, and gold? You know, it's just it was his like first big hit, and it's just got that classic country twang on the guitar. I mean, it's just it's really really fantastic. Um, Beer for my horses that he did with Willie Nelson. It's, some questionable things you know they don't outright talk about what kind of people that they're they're tracking down there but i would have to assume with willie nelson willie's just talking about bad guys in general i think i jury was out on what toby keith might have been referring to there um but good as i once was phenomenal just hysterical video um very funny song catchy lyrics that's one thing he could do is like a really good hook he was great at doing that how do you like me now fantastic um funny story and i think the early 2000s or something he was playing some festival type show or or like kind of compilation show whatever it was um bunch of country artists there chris christopherson being one of them so toby keith finishes his set and is walking off stage and and walking by chris christopherson who's going on next and toby keith says to him under his breath something to the effect of um None of that liberal shit out here. All right. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Christopherson, pretty famously, like a very liberal guy, um, very similar to like Willie Nelson kind of thing. Um, they've been good friends for a long, long time. And I guess Chris Christopherson says something like, You didn't even wear the uniform. Like, what are you writing songs like that for? Just like kind of sunned him a little bit. And like, what is Toby Keith going to say to Chris Christopherson? Like, as good as, as good of some of the hits that toby keith has had chris christopherson wrote me and bobby mcgee he wrote sunday morning coming down i mean he's an all-time great country artist he was in the highwaymen with johnny cash waylon jennings and willie nelson um just made some phenomenal phenomenal country music over the years and also starred in the blade movies yeah (laughs) also fantastic um you know i just i it's i'm sad to lose toby keith you know he did have a few good songs but i think any discussion of him you do need to talk about you know the rest the rest of the story yeah you know and then like i was looking at his wikipedia and he he was a uh, he contained multitudes because he was very complimentary of bill clinton and barack obama Mm -hmm. kind of in a patronizing way with obama (laughs) well they did pretty good you know considering they're democrats you know yeah demon rats <laughs> and then it was something he he was like i think barack obama would be a fine choice for president i also think mccain would be a good pick and allegedly that's because he was obsessed with sarah palin thought she was the greatest thing ever and it's like look i wouldn't have voted for john mccain 
But if it was, if we're talking about him isolated, I guess for a Republican, the crusty old fuck, you're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. He stood up for Barack Obama and said he wasn't a Muslim. He's a good man. Okay. That's enough That's for me. That's not fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, it's enough for me. So, you know, he he was a, a complicated guy and yet a simple man. We're not like trying to rip on him. He was a goober in life. We're going to give him the goober treatment as a tribute. Um, but it's very sad. And uh, rest rest in power, Toby. Yes, rest rest in power. Definitely cranked some of those hits the morning of when I found out. But and we'll and we'll continue to do so, uh, much to your chagrin. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> well, what do you say we talk a little bit about the 2024 Grammys? which I did sit and watch the entirety of. So I'd like my little pat on the back here. Jesus. For, for supporting uh, corporate America and corporate music um, because it was quite a quite an evening. Um, a lot of interesting things happened. Um, did you see anything about, uh, in the beginning, uh, Killer Mike won himself three Grammys. Pretty nice, huh? Also got himself arrested and escorted out of the venue uh, directly afterward um, due to an altercation with a security guard. So mm. didn't get to enjoy his moment at all. Um, he came out with the album. I think it was just called Michael. Um, now, I've liked Killer Mike. He's done some stuff with Outkast. I don't think I really ever listened to his stuff on his own. Um, and then uh, Run the Jewels started that he did with LP. And I've listened to all of that. I think that stuff is fantastic. But... Um, he did win those Grammys on his own for his album, Michael. Um, congratulations to Killer Mike. Um, hopefully he had some some bail money on you that night. Cause I, uh, from what I understand, it was like a citizen's arrest that he like pushed a security guard or something and somebody was like, I'm holding you here. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, here's the thing. It's a much different story because he is a black man and I don't mean to diminish that. It's like a fucked up thing to go through. Mm -hmm. If it were me... Being the psycho that I am, with the, with all the privileges I have, if I fucking whipped a fucking security guard and they escorted me out of the Grammys after I won three awards, that would be a great Grammys for me personally. I'd have the time <laughs> of my life. I see why it was fucked up for him, but that is honestly the only way I would attend the Grammys. I can't wait. I bet you LP called him that night or probably went and picked him up <laughs> and it was like, okay. I got a beat for this. And I just, I can, I can only imagine what he's going to have to say boy. about that situation. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic, but congratulations to killer Mike. He won three Grammys. There was only one person that won more Grammys than that on the evening of the Grammys. And could you guess who that was, Alex? <sighs> somebody, somebody won four and it's somebody that you know and love. Somebody that I know and love who won four. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm repeat the question. So Killer Mike won three. Okay. Fantastic performance at the Grammy. Somebody else won four. Was it My Girl SZA? It was not. It was Miss Phoebe Bridgers. Oh. So between Boy Genius and her own work, came home with four Grammys. I think that, yeah, wasn't one of them with SZA? Ghost in the Machine? Uh, yes. That's a hit. <laughs> yeah, no, Phoebe Bridgers had herself, had herself a night. Uh, apparently they boy genius all had an altercation with one of the executives of a record label about him being um, sexist and misogynistic. And it sounds like they were absolutely right Oh no! Uh, because he has com kept completely silent 
mm. about anything about it. Um, so there's you know a couple little pieces of gossip just to kick things off. This was before the broadcast even started, Alex. So we we kick off into the Grammys, and you know you have all your big awards, right? You got Song of the Year, Record of the Year, you know, um, new artist, album, you know, all that all that sort of stuff. So everything is kind of going as you expect. There's a lot of what I noticed, like there was a lot of like really good nominees for a lot of these. You know, you had Miley Cyrus nominated for a bunch of stuff. Olivia Rodrigo nominated for a bunch of stuff. Um, You had, as much as we don't like her, Lana Del Rey nominated for a bunch of stuff. So like there was a lot of like very top end artists, you know, any, you read the nominees and you can think any one of them, honestly, like if they nominate 10, eight of them, realistically could win you know so the awards are getting spread around uh miley cyrus finally wins her first grammy um her first of two grammys from that night um also gave a fantastic performance of flowers um the ad libs she added in there i don't know if you saw the performance but she crushed it she's a performer she's gonna i don't know if her careers get, can get bigger because she's already huge but i think it's going to after this grammys i think a lot of people were behind what she was doing um SZA's performance was fantastic SZA won herself a Grammy um I think two actually um and I she did not win album of the year spoiler alert she did not win album of the year and that's one I thought you know probably could have or should have won album of the year I mean there was a few great nominees for that um Lainey Wilson won for best country album beat out Tyler Childers and Zach Bryan and that guy Jelly Roll who I still (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean i've heard the song i went and got my hair cut at, at great clips today because i got a coupon in the mail um and they were they had that jelly roll song i only talk to god when i need a favor yeah, that tracks yeah and i'm like this is not even a country song like it, it, <laughs> so he didn't win so i guess it doesn't matter um lady wilson won that and she's you know she'll probably tell you if you ever meet her she's from northwest louisiana you know so I, i'm sure that's her like uh, Davos in Game of Thrones, I was just a humble smuggler. A crabber's son. <laughs> and I was raised up by Stannis. <laughs> he cut off my fingers. <laughs> um, so Miley won for Record of the Year. Yeah. Um, and then also for... Um, and then SZA Phoebe Bridgers for Pop Duo. Um, best African Music Performance was Water by Tyla. Um, I didn't know that was, I guess, because he used an Afro beat. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the definition of that is. Pop solo performance, uh, Flowers by Miley, Beat Out. Now, this is where, like, a heavy hitter one. Beat Out, Paint the Town Red by Doja. That's probably the worst one of the bunch. Um, well, worst as far as chances to win. Antihero by Taylor Swift. Ugh. What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. And then Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Now, I could have easily seen this go to Olivia Rodrigo yeah. for Vampire. But Flowers was... Th- bonkers massive hit like driver's license was a few years ago for Olivia Rodrigo kind of took over in that same way um it's like three billion listens or views across platforms at it's because of just, just yeah just insane you know um just one of those songs that's everywhere um let's see pop vocal album Taylor Swift won that one gross um she was a she was a disaster a frustrating disaster all night um just started off like just every single song she does her thing where she's up dancing and all that and of course the cameras are going to be on her all the time 
um, we get to like Olivia Rodrigo's performance and you know, they have beef like Taylor hates her guts. Um, (laughs) and Olivia gives like a knockout killer performance of vampire, like had this like fake blood all over and said like, it was cool. Um, and crushed it, like did things with her voice that Taylor Swift couldn't dream of doing. Mm. Um, and you can tell it's just like very passive aggressive what she's doing. And then we move to the Dr. Dre like musical impact award. Now this is where it's going to get juicy and I'm just been kind of giving a quick recap, but from here things really were cooking the rest of the night. So the Dr. Dre award for musical impact and you know, noted fantastic person without any problematic history, Dr. Dre, uh, you know, great, probably no one else they could have thought of for the award to be named after, uh, but they give it to Jay-Z. So, Jay-Z goes up there with Blue Ivy, who is apparently 12 years old now, like feels like time is flying by, Um, but he gets up there to accept this award and he starts kind of going on and on and he never writes down his raps, apparently never writes down his speeches either. Um, So he's like kind of rambling on and on and then he gets to a point where he starts talking about album of the year and how Beyonce has never won album of the year. Now, to be fair, I think Beyonce's only submitted for it like three times or something and you can't ever be guaranteed although i do think lemonade probably deserved it also her self-titled and renaissance were the ones that she i know that she submitted and didn't win for any of them and jay-z gets up there and says it doesn't make any sense if she's the most awarded grammy artist ever she's got like 34 or something awards and she does not have an album of the year one time he's like that math doesn't work if she's won all this stuff and made all this great content how could she not have album of the year basically implying that there's not a place for black artists. And so you can tell the people in charge here are are nervous because what are they going to do? Cut off their like global icon speech. You know what I mean? It's like he's got to be between a rock and a hard place and he knows it, but he's also nervous. So he's also talking about how, you know, he used to boycott the Grammys, but then he'd go home and watch it, you know, because DMX didn't get nominated when he released it's dark and hell is hot. And, um, and Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, and both those albums went number one. And he didn't get nominated for a Grammy that year, and Jay-Z did. Jay-Z was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to go. But he went home and watched it. So he was just like, we're actually going to have to boycott this show if we want any changes to actually happen. Like, basically calling for, like, a rallying cry for, like, black people to stop just involving themselves, submitting their stuff, like any of it, for the show. And it was just like an incredible moment because you know how uncomfortable so many people in that room were. And then the inevitable obviously happens when they get to album of the year. Who wins it is Taylor Swift. Yep. And I bet nobody sweat that whole situation more than her because she's not a human being. She's like a, a, a creature like Listen, I'm allowed to have these horrid opinions because I sat through the entire three-hour Eras Tour movie. And watching her move, her face, and her body, it's like it's her first day in a human body. She's just this awkward, long-bodied alien gazelle lady. (laughs) She has the stage presence of a school bus fire. But I will say this. Taylor Swift knows how to write a hook. She knows how to write a hook. The music is not for me, but I understand the the mechanisms of it, right? It's 
constructed, not reinventing the wheel pop, heavily targeted at the kind of people that started watching the NFL when she started dating Travis Kelsey. The best thing I can liken it to is there's this video of this little kid, this little girl, like three years old, wearing a Chiefs jumper, and this kid is only watching the Chiefs game for Taylor Swift. Who's your favorite player? Taylor Swift. (laughs) That's cute because that's a three-year-old jumping on the bandwagon being a poser because of the (laughs) romantic story of the cute football player. But there are 38-year-old women that are doing this, too. Mm-hmm. And as Dolan and Oates would say, I can't go for that. No, no can do. <laughs> so I'm just like, and I, I listened to Midnight's, and I gave it a fair, I, try, I gave Taylor Swift a fair shake until I saw her do literally every song ever that she's ever written, and it broke me. And I'm allowed mm-hmm. to have the opinion that I don't like it. I don't want it. Yeah, and that's I think it's completely fair. And I heard an interesting I think I was watching some like uh, a TikTok clip about some Bam Margera documentary that's coming out or Sweet. is out. Um so I think it was one of the guys that was like the most messed up on drugs, Novak, I think is was his name, Brandon oh, yeah. Novak. Um but he's like totally clean and sober now. And you know, very well spoken, but he said you stop when you get famous, you stop aging at the age you get famous because you have all this money. You have no reason to change anymore. And if that's the case, Taylor Swift got famous when she was what, like 16, something like that with her first few songs and given how she like acts now. So she wins album of the year, right? The other, another person was also nominated for that Lana Del Rey. And I'm also going to list off here just so you can like kind of understand the heavy hitters that were involved with this. So the nominated albums was The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monet, uh, The Record by Boy Genius, um, World Music Radio by John Batiste. So those are the those three are like you knew probably were not winning this thing. Although John Batiste did win one out of nowhere on us what last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, the other albums on there was SOS by SZA, Miley Cyrus Endless Summer Vacation, uh, the Lana Del Rey Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard, and the Olivia Rodrigo Guts album. So some like heavy hitter albums, you know, and we covered, I think most of those on the show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was hoping that it was going to be either SZA or Olivia Rodrigo. I felt like both of those albums kind of deserved it because, you know, SZA's album was just kind of a masterpiece. You know, I don't, I think that one we're going to look back on is, you know, hopefully she can do better, but if she doesn't like, how could you, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it was absolutely phenomenal. The range of emotions and, and kind of sonic movement that it had on that album. It was really just extremely well done. Um, Olivia Rodrigo's album was just really fun. Just a, a pop punk missile, you know, just like really, really well put together that way. Um, I didn't feel the same way about the Miley Cyrus album. I thought it was okay. Um, obviously I did not listen to the Taylor Swift because it is music made for people that just don't feel like thinking. You know, they just want to hear something that sounds clever, but she rhymes car with bar in every other song. And I'm just like, you know, get something more creative than that. Well, she did. Um, Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm the monster on the hill. Actual lyric. Yeah, I just see. And and the thing is, Taylor Swift fans, that, that lyric is nonsense, right? Like you and I both know that lyric is nonsense. And you listeners out there, you know, that's nonsense. 
but her listeners are going to, her fans are going to look at that and say, oh, it's an Easter egg. We have mm-hmm. to figure out who the monster on the hill is. You know, is it Jake Gyllenhaal? You know, and it's just no, like, he's the red scarf song where he took her virginity. He took her red uh, scarf. Yeah. Apparently, well, she also took this chance when she gets up there. So she drags Lana Del Rey up on stage. And oh, like, Jesus. I've, I've, I've never felt bad for Lana Del Rey in my lifetime until this point. I had plenty, I had almost as much hate for Lana Del Rey as I did for Taylor Swift. Completely have softened on that. Her, I think her music still sucks, but completely have softened on her as a person because how uncomfortable she looked like she's never won a Grammy. Like her first time up on a Grammy stage like that was to watch somebody else take the award. And Taylor Swift chose that moment to announce that she's got a new album coming out. Oh dude. It has the clunkiest worst title. I, 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 but that unfortunately I'm about to botch because it's something it's, uh, Let's see if you win the pony. Oh, the tortured poet department. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Stick it up your ass. Yeah. I just, I, you know, how people can like honestly listen to the, listen to that music. And if you listen to a few of the like really poppy songs and they're just like fun sounding and and that's why you listen to it that's fine but if you like really get involved with taylor swift in her music and and like figuring out these easter eggs like trying to parse out some deeper meaning than that this schlock is supposedly giving you i mean you're trying to you're trying to like get your fill out of a drop of water here you know you're trying to like quench your thirst with the thought of moisture that's what listening to her music is like there are so many other artists that just provide non-stop knockout great songwriting and you're gonna find tons of them covered in the past on this show please do yourself a favor you can stick to pop music you can you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to change genres you don't have to change anything radically in your life at all you can even keep dressing the same but please just find something else to even if you move to Lana Del Rey, that's just it's better. Just even if you go that far, it's fine. You go to Lord, it's fine. Now, if you get to like Mitski and Olivia Rodrigo, now we're talking. Now you're maybe learning a little something. But please, you gotta get off that narcotic. You have to you have to understand that we wanna help you. But you have to help yourself. Yeah, it's a sickness. It's like the Borg. You know, the Beehive at least has some class. They have some style. They don't take any shit. They're cheap toilet paper, baby. They don't take crap off nobody. Mm-hmm. But the Swifties are perpetually butthurt. They're wildly on. Un- they're like Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirls. They're like vibing one minute and then they're psychotically attacking you the next. It's like a cat that rolls over and shows you its belly and you're like, I'm going to get that little scrooper. And then the second you touch <laughs> it, it's fucking clawing you. Swifties are not to be trusted. They're just not a trustworthy specimen. Um, And it's just someone close to me. (laughs) I'll out her. Girlfriend of the pod was like, this is, this was the year of Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. And this was like truly her year to take over the world. And, you know, 
if she was a man, everybody would be celebrating it, but because she's a woman, everyone wants to tear her down. And I'm like, that is the dumbest shit I have ever heard. She literally just had a two billion dollar tour. Yeah, don't. Why are you feeling bad for this yeah. fucking dodo? So that's the kind of brain sickness that uh, Taylor Swift causes. So you want to know my solution to this whole fucking thing? The big three awards: record of the year, album of the year, song of the year. To recap, song of the year really is for the person that wrote it. Mm-hmm. Album of the year is obviously for the whole album and like the producer is like involved in that. And then record takes into account the song itself and the performance. So that's kind of like, that's where the performer mm-hmm. really gets like, surprisingly, it has more to do with them in record than it does song. Um. So my solve is you give song of the year to Miley Cyrus flowers. Mm-hmm. You give record of the year to vampire and you give album of the year to SOS. That's, that's my yes. fix. Yeah. That's an easy fix. And honestly, you could do literally anything other than what they did. And I think I would be fine with it, but to have an album like SOS and an album like Guts. And as good as, you know, people were telling me there's Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard is as an album, you know, like there's, you can't, you cannot, you can't, cannot tell me that Midnight's was a better album than any of those. You know, you cannot tell me that there was songwriting better on Midnight's than there was on any of those other albums. Or there was more fun to be had on Midnight's than there was on any of those other albums. So, the only thing that it could be is sales. And the thing is, at the end of the day, it's all politics with the Grammys. I mean, it just is what it is. If you lobby and campaign enough, like your stuff will win. You know, it's it just kind of is what it is. If you grease the right wheels, you're going to get those awards. Um, the best artist was given to Victoria Monet. And she literally said in her speech, thank you to all the people that were compa- campaigning for me. Because Best New Artist, there were also some heavy hitters. It was, let's see, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Gracie Abrams, Noah Khan, our boy, The Warren Treaty, and Coco Jones. So, you know, to me, like Victoria Monet had a, a big hit, but like Ice Spice was everywhere. Ice Spice sucks. I mean, she sucks, but if like if your metric for like Midnight's winning album of the year is just like, oh, this thing blew up and took over the world. You know, like the quality of it doesn't matter because you can't say it's better than SOS. Like if the quality is what mattered, there's three other albums that were better than that in that category. So if, if for Best New Artist, you're like, okay, we'll give it to this person that had this one banger song and maybe she was on a few other ones. But like Ice Spice was on commercials. She was absolutely, if Midnight's won for that reason, I feel like Ice Spice should have won for the same reason. Do you listen to this Victoria Monet person? Uh, the song is good. It's like an R&B like club song. Yeah, it's a good it. song. Um, Coco Jones is good. I've listened yeah. to some Coco Jones. Coco Jones fucks. Yeah, so it's not, and I mean, I don't mind that she won it. Like, no, it's, it's not. A, it's not a problem, but if you're going to, um, you know, if you're going to pick Midnight's because of what it did in the world, like Ice Spice had that same kind of, of, of all those new artists of in that category, Ice Spice had that, that, type of impact so i don't know like quality of it doesn't matter clearly 
So it's just like, that's why the Grammys are frustrating. Sometimes it's nice to see people nominated and it's nice to see when someone that does deserve it wins it, you know, and gets that validation. But to get caught up in like, does it matter if you really win one or not? You know, that's, you're going to just drive yourself nuts. Well, and the thing is something like Midnight's, you get it because there is, whether you like it or not, there's craftsmanship behind it. So, you know, you and I don't agree with it. The music is the equivalent of someone who can't metabolize cilantro and it tastes like soap to them. That's how I feel about her music. But Ice Spice is just like so objectively bad that I'm sure they were like, we can't, we can't, we can't, we have like no credibility anyway, but we just can't, we can't do this even as a joke. She's bad. <laughs> Ice Spice sucks. Yeah, there's, and, and I haven't, I mean, I don't know if, how much I've really listened to of her. Um, I think just that one she did with Pink Pantheress. We got to watch my reaction video. Well, I watched that. Yeah, I guess that, so that in the Pink Pantheress one then. Yikes, yikes yeah. bikes. <laughs> well, so that pretty much kind of takes care of the awards and stuff like that for the Grammys. There are a couple other things that I do want to shout out is the performance of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. Oh, yeah was absolutely phenomenal um luke combs looked like a giddy little school kid up there that he got to perform that song with tracy chapman apparently he his dad would play that song for him all the time when he was growing up like and it became a bonding song for him and his dad and so when he did the song he didn't change a thing so he didn't get any songwriting credit for it everything that that was made from that song went to tracy chapman and that's and it blew up like, I don't know if it was as famous as it was when she did it initially, because that song took over the world back then. You know, I was, what, five years old or... No, 1988 was when that came out. I was one years old when that came out. The first time I remember hearing it, I was probably five or six. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it for my entire life since then. You know, and it's just, it's everywhere. It's on the radio, whatever kind of classic rock station, doesn't matter. Like, it's on that channel. Because it is a timeless song. It is a standard, as they say, of our time. Um, and Luke Combs kind of breathed some new life into it. And she performed the song for the first time live in like 13 years or something like that. I mean, this is what got her out of, and I, I don't think she would have done it if she didn't feel like he had that kind of like reverence for the song. Like he, you, if you look at his face, it's like when you got exactly what you wanted for Christmas, when you were a little kid, when you thought Santa was the, still the one bringing it, and you're like, how did he know? Like, you're just surprised, baffled, like, elated. You know, just the look on his face was as happy as someone could be. Well, and that's great. And I think the greatest thing about it, and probably the reason that Tracy Chapman agreed to come back and perform it with him, is it's not a fucking white guy getting credit for a song that a black woman wrote. You know what I mean? Like a lot, like that was a big contentious thing where it was like, oh, barely anyone gives a shit about the Tracy Chapman version. They only care about Luke Combs. And it's like, well, if that served to popularize the song and revive interest in her, and then it was clever how they did it too, where they announced he was going to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think to have him, even though that's the thing, right? Is it's like, it's his cover that in this moment blew up. There's nothing wrong necessarily with having him do it. But the right thing was always to have Tracy Chapman come do it too. So mm-hmm. it's it's credit where credit is truly due. That moment was mm-hmm. not about Luke Combs. I think that's cool. And it was it, like 
Tracy Chapman coming back. It's like Joni Mitchell's 80 year old ass too. Like, yeah, just these people that are kind of coming back and taking ownership of their stuff. And I'm happy for Tracy Chapman. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was it was very, very cool to watch. It sounded great. I mean, they really, really put like you could tell that he loves the song and she was so I don't think she realized like just how respected she is in that room because you just kind of see a realization on her face eventually that like these people were just up on their feet standing ovation the entire time they were playing like everybody was so pumped to be seeing her sing the song and when you listen to the lyrics like you know there's you know it was a black woman that wrote it but that's why it's a standard and that's why it's so timeless is like there's so many things that you and I and Luke Combs and every different kind of color person can relate to, you know, it's about, you know, it's the same thing with like Springsteen songs, you know, it's just got this kind of like universal, we're going to beat the odds. You know, we need to like, life is hard. We were dealt a bad hand. You know, it's this universal feeling of like these obstacles that you have to get over to succeed and make it in life. And, you know, there's always the push and pull of like, whether you're going to make it or not. And I think it it is a very like applicable song to a lot more folks than just who wrote it, you know, but I think the way they did it and making sure people knew that she wrote it, you know, like making sure that they, that they remember like this song exists because of her, you know, whatever else she might've done in her life, like she made an all time, you know, I don't, there's so many songs that are just so embedded in the fabric of like radio play and, and American life. And that's one of them. Yeah, it's uh, what a beautiful note to take us out on from the Grammys episode. Yeah, it's a beautiful I ride. Wanna, I have two more shout outs. Oh, my God. Billy Joel debuted a new single and it was phenomenal. I'm telling like I thought it was going to be like, you know, we just had the Rolling Stones debacle of an album that just happened. The Billy Joel single. Watch that live performance because it was phenomenal. The song he wrote is is really, really good. He's aging, you know, kind of like Springsteen aged where it's like. You know, he's not, it's not Uptown Girl anymore, you know? Um, and then also Annie Lennox during the, like, In Memoriam section did a cover of Nothing Compares to You. That was absolutely incredible. Just how, like, low and warm her voice is. I've never heard the song. You know, you hear Sinead do it. You hear Prince do it. You heard Chris Cornell do it. But you never hear somebody, or I have not anyway, in that, like, really kind of low really breathy register like Annie Lennox has. And it was, I mean, I was, I was crying. I was tearing up. Hmm. Yeah. But that was good as hell. Wow. Yeah. A night of a thousand surprises. Yeah. But just overall, like pretty good Grammys, you know, as far as performances go awards, you know, could have gone better, but Hey, that's usually the case. And it always, it don't, it always seem to go (laughs) that you don't get what you want from the show. They paved the parking lot with Emmys to murder Taylor Swift. <laughs> Fell apart by the end. Not my, admittedly, not my strongest hey, work. There's, if anybody's still here at this point, they're not going to care. God bless their little pee picking <laughs> hearts. God bless them. And if you are still here at this point, just hit the subscribe button. Because if you like pain as much as we do, you want to be here for the next time we do this. And we will see you next time. We'll probably have an album. We'll talk about that. Um, we'll probably have an album to do next week. Uh, but if you have anything you want to hear, put it in those comments. Hop in there. Tell us tell us what kind of music 
what kind of people Donald Fagan makes music for in those comments. I want to hear that. On a night like this, yeah. story is told how the women yeah. get restless and the men grow cold. Come on. Who's uh-huh. Donald Fagan music for? Everybody. <laughs> uh, we're, we're doomed. I hope AI takes over very soon. Until next time.